HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on a special bonus episode of Meet and 3, we're celebrating Mardi Gras with an ode to the king cake, the most delicious custom of carnival season. This is kind of like terrible comparison, but it's kind of like a braided New Orleans babka, if you really think about the actual technique of it. Do you know why they put a baby in the cake yet? You'd better be careful where you get that cake because your friends and coworkers in New Orleans are going to have an opinion about it. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, available wherever you listen to podcasts. are you doing in here god fucking damn didn't i tell you to get <laughs> excuse me welcome to life's a banquet a uh, show about all things edible spreadable and pourable i'm sorry about that our engineer is misbehaving <laughs> no she's yelling at roberta <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of roberta is just <laughs> would you relax i'm drunk come on um yes the ghost of roberta wandered in the studio <laughs> and i had to tell her to get back in line yeah um, also, that reminds me of the famous, excuse me, everything's going wrong. <laughs> my, listen, let's start over. Okay, um, goodbye. <laughs> it reminds me of that Sue Simmons, I know I've referenced this before on the show, but the Sue Simmons clip when she's doing the news, you know, Sue Simmons, one of America's favorite anchor people. No, she but. does like the, I think the channel Four news. There's a clip of her being like, they come back from break oh, and she's, she's like, like swearing. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> And then she has to apologize. <laughs> Afterwards, she goes, excuse me, I'm so sorry for what I said. I didn't realize that. <laughs> so, and I was like, what I want to know is who was it? What did they do? The stars. They're just like us. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Miserable, actually. Thank you for right. asking. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> I figure America needs to know the truth. Why don't you talk about that on your other podcast? <clears throat> That's, that is actually what the other <laughs> podcast is all about. Check out Processing, uh, a show that is much sadder than this show. Um, speaking of processing, though, I saw that a mutual friend of ours tagged you in Instagram sort of regarding that and a grief moment that they were going through. Oh, and, yes. And I thought that was really sweet. Uh, very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really. I actually was just, uh, someone just came up to me who works for the network out front and was telling me about a story that they had regarding grief. And they were like, I'm so sorry. People must be coming up to you talking about grief all the time. 
And I was like, please don't be sorry. It feel it feels so good to start creating a community where people totally. feel comfortable talking about, you know, tough stuff. Totally. But that's not this podcast. That is not. This podcast <laughs> is about farts and periods <laughs> and jeans, as we just discovered before the show. Actually, the I can literally talk about jeans though for a hundred episodes. I know. I saw when we were just talking to Hannah and Katie that your eyes lit ablaze when it's we like started my, talking about jeans. My favorite topic. Yeah, talking about jeans is good. I want to talk about TV for a moment. Oh. I need to address that I've watched a new program. Okay. It's called The Morning Show, starring one Ms. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. So you've got whatever station that is. Apple Plus. Apple Plus. For a Plus. cool $4.99 a month, I'm now the proud owner of one show that I liked. Oh, I have Apple Plus because I got it for the M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong show. Okay. Well, you should watch The Morning Show because I found it to be quite good. Sure. And I'm not that interested. I really was not either. And then I realized that, you know, my life now that revolves around me being home basically 24 hours a day, <laughs> um, I needed something new to watch other than Bull Durham and When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> and so I told I, you to watch The Station Agent. That's right. You did tell me that. I will watch it. Um, but this was really very entertaining. I thought, so when this they started promoting the show like 72 years before it came out. And I swear at some point, I don't know. If it actually was mentioned this way, or I just interpreted it this way, I thought that Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon were a couple. Oh, no, they're not. I know. And so I was excited about that as an idea. That would be a hot couple, though. But since it's just two white ladies who are straight, I yeah. was like, meh. Snooze. <laughs> um, it's interesting. It's just like a good drama. I mean, like, I love Jennifer Aniston, but... I love her, too, and she was so good, and I just, I really, I'm going to give it a, a thumbs up. In fact, two thumbs up, because I've got two thumbs, I'll and I'm going to use them. I'll put it in the list. <laughs> okay, good. Um, we have an interesting topic today. We do. It's Urban Legends. Ah, spooky. Spooky <laughs> Valentine's Day podcast. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> Roberta, uh, she's haunting. She's back. Us. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm gonna cover their food-based urban legends, okay. um, and I'm just gonna go over a handful of some that I had heard about or were suggestions from some pals of mine. Ooh, pals! Um, I do have pals. <laughs> Palza. I was palling around. Oh, you're palling around talking <laughs> about urban legends as pals like to do. Yeah. Um, so let's just jump right in, I guess. Say it. Do you Don't want spray to? it. <laughs> <laughs> Roberta. Let me have a little sip of my vermouth. Oh, can we plug the vermouth thing that we're drinking and hope that maybe one day it'll be a sponsor? <laughs> so the wine store, wine store around the corner sells these little tiny vermouth spritzers in a can. Spritza brand. <laughs> Spritza? Uh-huh. Spritza. And it's just uh, vermouth, sparkling water, and orange bitters. It's, like, really good. Yeah. Nicole always brings them to the show. Mm -hmm. If you're listening and you work for Big Spritza, <laughs> please spray your spray on us. We yeah. would love to promote you on the show. Totally. We just did. For well, free. Well, again, we'll we'll make this an all Spritza podcast. But what, why buy the milk if you can get the cow for free? Oh, right. Or, we, wait. We don't like Spritza. It's disgusting. Wait, don't drink it. It's the other way around. Why buy the cow? <laughs> I think if you like cow, you're buying the milk for free. <laughs> think about that. And that's our show. And bye. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to start with one that's not necessarily an urban legend, but because I'm an old, it's something that I remember, and it was a lot of misinformation. So, Ooh. But we're going to talk about red M&Ms. Oh, yeah, they yeah. kill you. Well, they actually don't. Oh. <laughs> Damn it, I've been trying to slowly commit suicide by eating only red M&Ms. <laughs> you got to get the Christmas pack. It helps. It's almost all just red and green. 
Um, so in 1976, there was a Russian study that showed that red number two was linked to cancer. Um, and so everyone freaked out about it cause it was in a ton of stuff cause it was the seventies. Yeah. Um, and so they had the FDA do a study and they couldn't conclusively prove it one way or the other, but it, and didn't really, it just like made everyone have a panic. So like red stuff was just like making everyone, it was like a red scare. <laughs> the red scare too. <laughs> Yeah. Because isn't it red number two? Yes. Okay. Red scare number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so M&M's was just like, well, you know what? In order to, uh, we're just worried that no one's going to buy M&M's at all because there's red M&M's in there. So they sure. took them out. They replaced them with orange. Oh, that's much better. And I remember growing up and like not having red M&M's and my, my parents talking about it. Wow. Um, and so they were out of the package for 11 years, and they put them back in in 1987, but they kept the orange, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. And but the thing is, they found out that even though the results of that study were inconclusive, the actual dye that M&Ms were using is not, doesn't cause cancer. Okay. So you could have eaten them, and you still can. So they got rid of them for no reason. Yes. So do you want to hear something about dye? Yes. Bobby... My mother. When mm-hmm. I was growing up, I who had, does not listen to this. Podcast. Who doesn't listen? So I'm <laughs> shit. What I say about her right now? <laughs> Fuck you. Just kidding. I love you so much. Um, so when I was growing up, I my household, which was just me and my mom, because she was a single mom, had, was notoriously rule free. And the only rules that I had to follow was to not say mean things about other people <laughs> and not eat any blue food. With blue dye in it. Not like blueberries, but like I couldn't eat any kind of blue candy mm. or like a blue soda because she was like was very much blue against soda? blue dye. There was kind of a lot of blue things in the 90s. Blue ice and like ice pops. Sure, yeah. Blue jello. Blue was really, yeah. blue raz was really trending. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Which is not a real raspberry. That's true. <laughs> it's, nothing makes sense. The world, yeah. the world is weird. Um, that's interesting. Probably all additives in dyes are a little bad for us. Sure. Um, Bobby wasn't making any kind of claim founded in science, though. She was just like, I don't think that's that's not naturally occurring, a blue raspberry. Totally, but she's like, (laughs) have a Twinkie. (laughs) We're going to talk about this. Thank God. Um, Spoiler alert. This next one was recommended to me by my pal, Angela Wanslow, who just got sworn into the bar or something today. Congratulations, Angela. You're the best. I went and watched her do that. So Did she do a good job? She did a very good job. Amazing. Congrats, babe. Um... She suggested the urban legend that calamari is made of pig butthole. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I wasn't really that familiar with that. So. That's a big one, yeah. So um, I found an article that This American Life posted. They did an investigation and an episode about this. And basically, um, they couldn't really prove or disprove it. But what they did say is that um, pig intestine, which is called pork chitterlings, which you know people eat, like try mm-hmm. it for, um, is sold, and when it's cooked, it does have a texture similar to calamari. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's illegal to sell something as squid and label it calamari. Um, so mm-hmm. anyone, if anyone did that, they'd be breaking the law. Right. However, um, seafood fraud occurs at extremely high levels in major cities. <laughs> it is a problem. I hope that one of the candidates for president addresses this. So listen to these percentages. I don't know in what the relation to what they're just like seafood fraud. And this is the percentages <laughs> in these cities. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the percentage of seafood in Boston is 48% fraudulent. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Is that the per- real percent? Yes, it is. Oh, Jesus. Los Angeles, it's 55%. Oh my God. In Miami, 
31%. Wow. In New York City, 39%. Well, that makes sense because today, earlier, I went to <clears throat> eat sushi. I got a piece of eel. I was with our friend Steven. And he's like, how was that eel, Zara, after we left? And I was like, that's a weird question to ask me now. We were like halfway down the block leaving the restaurant. And I was like, it was okay. But whenever I eat eel, I'm like, ugh, kind of, I feel like I'm eating snake. Because it is a snake. A water snake. Yeah. A sea snake. <laughs> and then when you just said that, I was like, maybe it really was snake. Not that it matters. I mean, what's the difference? I don't really? think they would sub snake for eel. <clears throat> it prob- it's probably just like different types of fish labeled as other fish. Right. That sort of thing. Sure. Like or a pig salmon labeled as a lobster. Or a pig butthole. I like that you said butthole instead of asshole. It's much funnier. I wrote butthole, so I guess <laughs> I wrote it down as a, you know, PG-13 situation. <laughs> or I think you can say ass in PG-13, can't you? Can you say bunghole? <laughs> That's actually what it said when I Googled it. It it's said bunghole. <laughs> like my Google search is like a 12-year-old boy in the 90s. <laughs> That's um, funny. Okay. The next one is... The finger in the Wendy's chili. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. So, Anna Ayala found a finger in her Wendy's chili in 2005. She she did find one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it later came out that she put that finger in there, and it was her husband's friend's <laughs> finger that he had lost in an accident and apparently kept. I mean... For just this purpose. The thing about this story <laughs> is exactly that. It's like, you have the forward thinking to be like, oh, give me that finger. I'm going to put that in some chili. Let's not waste that finger or even try to get it reattached. <laughs> I guess maybe, because if you went to the doctor, they wouldn't let you keep it. No. So I guess he just cut it off in an accident, took it home with him. Oh, man. I wonder if they cut it off on purpose. Or maybe they cut it off, they couldn't find it, but really her husband had went and grabbed it and hit it. It's quick thinking. <laughs> That's quick thinking. <laughs> wow. Um, she went to jail for extortion. <laughs> Now she gets real fingers in her chili. <laughs> oh, no. Too soon. That's probably, like, the thing that they do to her. You know, they fuck with people in prison. She just gets, like, a <laughs> finger in her chili every day. Yuck. Um, this one is one close to my heart because I was an 80s child. The, the urban myth that if you found the Native American shooting the star on your Tootsie Pop wrapper that you could send it in for a free Tootsie Pop. Yep. Is all lies. <gasps> yep. This myth has been around since the 1930s. And back then, people would send them in and they would write back and be like, this is not true. No free Tootsie Pop for you. And then they invented this story about like a Native American getting certain Tootsie Pops his seal of approval, which sounds problematic. Totally. Um, It's all wrong. But it's always been a lie. Wow, that sucks. And also, I'm thinking, like, doesn't it cost the same amount in postage to send your Tootsie Pop thing in with a stamp than as it does just buy a new Tootsie Pop? That's a good point. Yeah. Although when you're a kid, you're not paying for those stamps. That's true. It's parents. Stamps used to grow on trees. <laughs> now they're extinct. Um, I love Tootsie Pops, though. I fucking love Tootsie Pops. Do you like Blow Pops? I hate them. <sighs> they're okay. but I, I just feel like it's not as fine. satisfying to have just, like, crappy chewing gum. I agree. I'm not so much into them. Plus, they're very dangerous. They are much like a, a green apple... Um, blow pop cuts your mouth. Yeah. Then it also pulls your fillings out. Yeah. Uh, no, I love Tootsie Pops though. I love, I know this is like kind of a fringe uh, <laughs> like, but I like the grape ones. Ew. I know. And I like the raspberry ones very I like much. the orange and the red. Only. Yeah. But the dark red or the light red? Are you talking cherry or raspberry? Oh, I like both. The raspberry I don't feel like they don't even exist anymore. They do. They do? I actually just saw one with my own ojos this morning. <laughs> At my corner store when I was buying a stamp. My no-hose. Whoa, this is I know. real. <laughs> it's getting really real. <laughs> Roberta! <laughs> um, okay. 
the myth that gum stays in your stomach for seven years is not true. Thank God. But it's something kind of gross that I learned when reading about this, which is that it actually is indigestible. Oh, God. So it drops into your lower intestine, and then you just poop it out. Like a whole piece of gum. And it stays whole, yeah. Mm, That explains a lot. So that is probably what people are talking about when they made up that ridiculous story. Yeah. Wow. So you can swallow gum. It's fine. Thank God. Um, now we're going to talk about Halloween candy and all of its urban legends. <laughs> oh, I love urban legends of so, Halloween candy. So depending on when or where you grew up, you may have heard some or both or all of these. Um, the first one is that Halloween candy contained heroin. The second one was that Halloween candy contained poison. And the third was that the Halloween candy contained razor blades or needles. So mm-hmm. when I was a kid at Halloween, when we went home, my mom or dad would have to look through all of our candy to make sure that there weren't razor blades in it. Same. Because everyone was literally afraid that that was going to happen. Yeah, it was panic. Yeah. It was like the Red Scare. It was It was like very similar. Um, and so this these things were just like crazy, weird people like just freaking out because it actually has never been proven that a child has died from eating candy from a stranger. Wow. Uh, never been proven. Totally. Well, I mean, I think the whole thing about not taking candy from strangers, too, is just because then they're going to abduct you. Sure. Yeah. Um, but so you can, you can though, now. with You can take candy from strangers. Okay. I'm saying it's okay. Okay. <laughs> you heard her here first, folks. It's totally fine. Um, but <clears throat> some of the stuff did happen. Like, there's a kid who got into his parents' heroin stash, and the parents sprinkled it all over his Halloween candy to make it look like they didn't have heroin in the house. Wow, that's such fucked up parenting. Yeah. And then there's the dad who cyanide poisoned his kid with pixie sticks because he wanted to get the life insurance money. Ugh. And then there's the um, the razor blade needle one. It I can't, actually didn't write that one down, but th- that happened one time. Um, somebody, like, found razor blades in their candy and they, like, cut their hand on it or whatever. They didn't eat it. My razor God. blades are so big. It's just, like, how would you even hide it? I know. A candy bar. Uh, but there was that woman who gave out dog biscuits and rat poison to people that she thought were too old to be trick-or-treating. Oh, my God, what a cunt. But they were, I mean, it was clearly labeled poison. Oh, but still. She I still mean, went to jail for a day during children. Don't worry. Yeah, that's terrible. I think, like, also this was during a time, right, wasn't, like, when was the Tylenol murders? That is, like, associated with the Halloween candy scare. Right, because people just were, like, kind of getting into mass poisonings. Yeah. That was a scary thing. Yeah. That I don't remember because I wasn't alive. But <laughs> hearing about it is terrible. Um, anyway, take candy from strangers. It's fine. Live your life. Um, <laughs> Twinkies do not last forever. You can't put them in a time capsule and expect them to be still there. What will happen? They'll decompose. They'll like rot like a any normal other food. food product. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But <clears throat> they do have a longer than normal, longer than... Baked good shelf life, so it's 25 days. Uh-huh. Um, some of that is associated with the fact that they use shortening instead of any dairy. Like, the cream is made out of shortening. There's no dairy in right. the actual product. Um, but also because it's in an airtight seal. You right. Know, it's in the cellophane. 25 days, like, out of the package. <clears throat> no. Like, it's shelf life is you get put on the shelf 25 days later. It's no longer as fresh or good as it's Oh, gonna. really? Yeah. Wow, that's so much shorter than I would have thought it would be, like, a year or something. Yeah. Um... Also, that's double what the shelf life was in 2012, so I don't know what they're doing to it, but Whoa, it's probably not great. no. <laughs> When's the last time you had a Twinkie? Um, I don't know. We should have brought some for the show. Yeah. I haven't had one in a long time, but I, I would totally have there, one. I mean, I've had one maybe in the last three years. 
They're Was delicious. it as good as yeah. you remember? They're great. They're smaller than I remember, though. Mm. Right. I was a kid, my hand was smaller, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I used to eat a lot of Twinkies. Same. A lot of Hostess goods were my jam. Yeah, me too. I loved, like, the cupcakes with that, like, thick Hillary Clinton-style chocolate frosting. <laughs> I, yeah, I was really into um, the Ho-Hos. Oh, yeah. Ho-Hos. I would unroll them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh my god, a culinarian, even at a young age. And this is Little Debbie, not Hostess, but I really like the um, zebra cakes. What's that? Zebra cakes, they were just like vanilla cake with vanilla frosting, and they had chocolate stripes on the top. Oh, I never had one of those. Really? Yeah. They're like octagon shaped? No, never had one. Bizarre. If you find one, bring it to me. They're everywhere. They're at every grocery store. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I'll get one myself then. Great. Perfect. <clears throat> um, okay, the next one is vodka tampons. Oh my God, what a good one. Tell me more. So I never really thought much about this, which is obvious when you think about it. Um, I believed this. I of thought course. It, I thought it was real. Um, however, a tampon can only hold 1.5 ounces of liquid. Oh. And once it is saturated with liquid, you can't put it in your vagina. Because it's too... Right. It puffs out, you know? Sure. And also... It would burn horribly, horribly to put that into your vagina. Of course. So no one did that. It was not a thing. It was just a rumor going around the world. Also, they weren't getting wasted because it was a shot's worth. Of course. A shot's worth. A shot's worth. <laughs> is that eel in your stomach? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, that's so interesting. When that was like, I think the same time we were talking a lot about butt chugging too. People were starting to butt chug. Yeah, but that was real. That's real. And I, I think I also believed it just like knowing about Stevie Nicks um, putting cocaine up her butt. That's real. And many other. I know. So I think, like, because we knew those things to be true, vodka tampons was a natural. I know. It's just funny. As I was reading that, I was just like, oh, right. You can't put a liquid-soaked tampon. I mean, I guess you could, if you really tried. Yeah, you could shove it up there. Really tried. Let's try right now. Um, (laughs) With this spritzing. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Um, And then the last one is the American classic urban myth of Pop Rocks and soda. Yes. The myth is that Mikey from the Life Cereal commercial died mm-hmm. from that. It's such a random combination of things. Like, why him? <clears throat> I don't know. And who came up with this? I don't know. But so, yes, everyone thought that your stomach would literally explode <laughs> if you combined those things. It seems plausible. It reminds me of how everyone <laughs> thought that Marilyn Manson was Paul from the Wonder Years. Yes. It's, and, yeah. And he also died from Pop Rocks. Um, by the way, Mikey's still alive, in case you were wondering. Thank God. Um, doing very well for himself. He's Call like, me. The head of media somewhere. Um, He, so basically it was such a widely pervasive myth that General Mills like freaked out and did everything they could to try to put a stop to it. They put out full page ads in newspapers (laughs) saying that it wasn't true. And they sent tens of thousands of letters to school principals being like, tell your children it's fine. Oh my God. Jesus. (laughs) It's probably not great for your digestion, but you won't, you won't die. Yeah, but by the time you're swallowing, all that fizziness happens in your mouth. Exactly. By the time you're swallowing it, if you swallow them before that, it actually hurt your throat. Yeah. I remember that. That was another thing that we should have, that was a missed opportunity. We really should have brought Pop Rocks and Coke to the show. Well, that's it, yeah. I, I don't know how easily they are <clears throat> to be found. It's hard. You, they don't sell them at your local. Yeah, I really like Pop Rocks, though. I do, too. They're so fun. What a fun candy. Yeah. And a firecracker in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It's what great. a great idea. Yeah, an amazing idea. Um, that's all I have. Those are great. Should we take a quick break and come back? I'll give you my story. Sure. Okay. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. 
Robertus is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. And we're back. Hello. After that very, very long break, <laughs> I almost fell asleep. Nicole, Zara, I'm going to ask you a question. What kind of go- Well, I'm going to begin again. What kind of ghost haunts a KFC? I don't know. A poultry geist. <laughs> Just kidding. Roberta. <laughs> Roberta, don't get mad at us for that joke. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to tell you a little story about KFC. Okay. I'm going to begin with a very brief history of the KFC. Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders, who is not an actual colonel. What? But we did an episode way, way back. Bretton did the story of KFC. So, if you want to, you know. Kinda, if you really want to dig in. If you want to deep dive, go back to, like, episode four, and you can re- listen to our fried chicken episode. It's pretty funny. Um, okay, so while writing Adventures in Good Eating in 1939, his pioneering restaurant guide, Duncan Hines, of Duncan Hines Cake Batters, <laughs> recommended the cafe and its adjoining motor court as a very good place to stop en route in Cumberland Falls. Uh, wait, wait, sorry, I'm confused. This is Colonel Sanders' first KFC, before okay. it was even called KFC. Got it, got it. In Cumberland Falls in the Great Smokies, highlighting its sizzling steaks, fried chicken, country ham, and hot biscuits. So from there, Colonel Sanders, they, like, build a highway, and it's, like, too far away from this kind of gas station where he started making the first fried chicken and stuff in. So he, like, takes all of the money that he has. He, he sells the whole place. He gets out with, like, $105, and he hits the road, and he starts franchising KFCs. And huh. yada, yada, yada. It's kind of like the Bob Evans story. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Which we talked about on the podcast. Oh, yes, of course, Bob Evans. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Bobby boy. So this was Colonel Sanders' first restaurants. So, as we all know, what makes KFC truly special is its 11 herbs and spices. The exact ingredients. Do we all know that? I didn't know that. Well, now you do, okay. because everyone in America is listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, the exact ingredients and measurements are protected behind, quote, a vault that is walled <laughs> in with concrete blocks with motion sensors and security cameras running around the clock to protect the yellow slip of paper barring Sanders' original recipe. It's just MSG. I, yeah. <laughs> it's like onion powder. Get used to it. I like the idea that they put, they placed this recipe on the ground and then built a wall around it so that no it's one can It's in a bank it. vault. <laughs> it's in a fucking bank vault. Only two company execs at let's any Let's get one- that recipe. Let's oh my do God. A heist. Let's break it. It'll be like Ocean's Eleven. We like the Muppets take Manhattan. <laughs> or the Great Muppet Capers, sorry. <laughs> Oh, my God. It'll be like Point Break. Um, <laughs> only two company execs at any given time can have the recipe, and they won't release who they who those people are or what their titles are. This so is ridiculous. It's so crazy. Do they have to, like, carry a briefcase <laughs> with a handcuff on it when they carry it around? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, protected by Brink's security. So how did the people making <clears throat> it find out the recipe? I, I didn't bother to ask anymore. I was so offended by this. There's, like, hundreds of thousands of people making this all the time. They they all know the recipe. It's insane. There's 11. Or maybe they're all in separate factories and they're not allowed to speak to each other. Everyone at KFC has to wear a blindfold while they're working. <laughs> like <a> horse blinders. <laughs> yeah, like one of those, one of those hel- <laughs> horse blinders. <laughs> I was thinking about one of those things they throw over your head when you get abducted by, like, terrorists. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see a the herbs sack. and spices, though. <laughs> they have to smell them. 
Mm, is that coriander? All right, let's let's go. Okay, so according to business, now I'm going to talk about the biggest KFC urban legend of all time. There's a couple actually, but mm-hmm. this one is about. This was the first thing that stuck out to me when we decided to do this episode. Is about how KFC has allegedly been breeding mutant chickens <laughs> for like a couple decades now to be roaming around with like extra sets of legs, extra wings. The extra wing thing makes sense to me, regardless of KFC, because I always wonder why are how do they get so many wings. It's from all the chickens. I know, and it seems like there's so many more wings available. Than ch- I mean, someone, grown men will sit down watching the game and scarf down, like, 50 wings each. Ew. I know, it's terrible. It's not a t- it sounds like a fate worse than death. I'm more into the boneless buffalo wings, which have nothing to do with wings at all. I know, you don't like to eat meat off the bone. Especially not wings. There's, like, one tiny little piece of chicken in there, and you just have to gnaw on it with, like, sauce yeah. all over your face. Why? I'm not interested. And it's not for really the same reason. I just have never been interested in a wing. I'll eat one, but I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't go for it on my own. <laughs> so according to Business Insider, stories about the mutant chickens have been circulating for years. Origins have been traced back to the pre-internet word of mouth that started to spread in the year 1990. 95. The pre-internet word of mouth? People were just whispering it to each other. And now Have you heard? Post-internet word of mouth. <laughs> this in from the wires of the Associated Press, there's chickens running around with ten beaks. 1995. Also, my friend, I was telling my friend about the story, and they said that um, there was also potentially, like, <laughs> rumor that they were breeding them without heads. Yeah. Without <laughs> missing all kinds of body parts. People just got <laughs> notifications on, on, about it on their Tamagotchi. <laughs> Um, so in two, finally, like 20 years later in 2016, KFC wins a lawsuit against three Chinese companies charged with spreading these rumors that they use mutant chickens. Whoa, it was a conspiracy. It went all the way to the top. Oh my God. Yeah. So the firms have been ordered to pay KFC a combined 600,000 yon, not yen. It's Y-U-A-N. Uh, or yawn. Nine, <laughs> combined 60, 600,000 yawn, uh, or 91,000 dollars. That's not very much money. It's not. In 1995, though, that's probably... No, this was in 2016. That's oh. how long this has dragged on for, for like 20 years. So um, th- these are companies actually in China. Co- ch- companies in China, exactly. <laughs> okay. So... You know... Okay, sorry, I'm doing an aside here. Oh, please. But, uh, over the holidays, I read an article about how in... It might be Japan. Japan. China. Yeah, I have that. KFCs for Christmas. It's the traditional it's meal. It's a huge tradition. And let, let me... Uh, go through to my well I'll just get it to it later I have it in the end of my notes okay we'll talk about it it's like a fun name which I'm gonna mispronounce but you'll have to forgive me okay so in my research I found this fun fact which kind of like explained maybe why the Chinese were so upset <laughs> and wanted to spread this rumor okay so when Kentucky Fried Chicken advertised its meals in China initially its finger licking good slogan was accidentally transla- translated as we'll eat your fingers off <laughs> <laughs> This is like the chili finger thing. It's all connected. It's like a fucking conspiracy. We'll eat your fingers off. We'll eat your fingers off. (laughs) That's funny. I know. So the mutant chicken rumor claimed that the federal government forced KFC to shorten its name from Kentucky Fried Chicken when it stopped using real chickens. This is where the whole conspiracy started, claiming that they used tube-fed genetically modified organisms. Tube-fed. Exactly. Kind of like foie gras. a chicken would chew your fingers off if given the opportunity. Absolutely. That's why we have to eat them. It's, it's us or them. <laughs> Survival of the fittest, bitches. Those things are going to take over the planet. <laughs> yeah, they're very intelligent. <clears throat> they're very smart and they're evil. <clears throat> so, um, 
There is absolutely no truth to this ridiculous urban legend, which has been debunked many times, KFC spokesman Rick Maynard told Business Insider last year. KFC uses only top-quality poultry from trusted companies like Tyson and Pilgrim's Pride. Top quality? Top quality. The same brands customers know and love from their local supermarkets. So this is also from Business Insider and aside after I read that quote. Um, from another article, undercover footage reportedly filmed at Tyson's supplier in Virginia shows horrific mistreatment of chickens. In the video, workers stab, <laughs> kick, and throw chickens. Birds are also piled in buckets with sick and dead birds. They stab the chickens. What is the point of stabbing a chicken? What? You just have like a knife on you. <laughs> Get over here, you. I'm going to stab you in the head. They put them in buckets where they... They store all the dead chickens in buckets, and they just put some live chickens on top. Yeah, they're putting like the sick chickens with the healthy chi- with the healthy dead chickens, so like diseased <laughs> ones that died on their own. Yeah, are, and this is why we have the coronavirus. Well, that's actually not true, but um, that's another urban food legend. <laughs> you should have addressed that. The coronavirus is a myth. <laughs> um, Can yeah. you get it from beer? I mean, farm raised chicken, factory farm chicken is a nightmare. It's a complete nightmare. It's a tragedy. Chicken tragedy. And so the legend goes. So a fake University of New Hampshire study that circulated in the 90s claimed... Wait, a fake University of New Hampshire? Right. So somebody <laughs> came out with a new... No, a real new University of New Hampshire, <laughs> but a fake study from the University really of New Hampshire. Though. It's a, the fake University of New Hampshire. This is a serious breaking news podcast. I'm trying to report the news. <laughs> okay. I'm on the morning show. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Aniston. Um, okay. So the fake study uh, claimed that these so-called chickens are kept alive by tubes inserted into so-called their body. Chickens. Alleged chicken meat. <laughs> it's just like a pig with like a feathery suit on. Yeah, like what else is it? Get like, out of here. Is it just like a gopher? Like what do they say? Well, no, it's just a chicken that's like been, uh, you know, apparently genetically modified. You can't call it a chicken because it doesn't have a head. If a chicken doesn't have a beak, it's... A tube-fed organism. I don't know. I was trying to think of some other animal, like a gopher. Um, <laughs> if a chicken doesn't have a beak, it's a gopher with feet <laughs> and wings. Gopher with feet. <laughs> okay. Chickens are kept alive by tubes inserted into their body to pump blood and nutrients throughout their structure. Like the matrix. It, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Or foie gras, which also eats through a tube and is delicious. I mean, the ducks eat through a tube. Yeah, they get, but like, they also have... In. There are natural you can get foie gras that's not too fed totally which is obviously the way to go i don't really care about foie gras one way or another i like it i just would never seek it out <clears throat> um <laughs> so anyway the um according to the false daily buzz live story they have no beaks no feathers and no feet <laughs> They grow multiple legs and wings on one chicken, and their bone structure is dramatically dramatically shrunk to get more meat out of them. This is great for KFC because it saves them money and their production costs. Like Frankenstein chickens? Yeah. Franken chickens, actually. That's what they're called. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah. And spider chickens. Spider chickens? Six-legged no! spider chickens. That's my fear. Which makes no sense because the spider has eight legs. So. Six-legged, headless Feetless. feetless. Well, they can't really attack without feet, so I guess it's fine. And they're beakless. They're basically just meat blobs <laughs> created for our eating pleasure. Great. So Eric Wayne, the artist who created the mutant chicken image, which is like all around the internet, and it looks like a featherless chicken, like a pink featherless chicken with tons of legs and wings, just like, ah, kill me, please. It sounds terrifying. It's horrible. <clears throat> um, the artist who created the image complained that he didn't make a penny from the altered photo. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay. okay, buddy. <laughs> sorry. You think this is going to be your big break? 
Oh, man. <laughs> he did not get any of those residuals. So then I looked on Snopes.com, and the claim is that the government was forced to use stop using the word chicken, and what is the reality is that raising chickens that have been genetically modified so that they are born without beaks, feathers, feet, or additional legs beyond reach of modern was beyond the reach of modern science for the time, uh, although selective breeding has been used to enhance some features such as breast size. I mean, am I right, ladies? <laughs> chickens? Am I right, lady chickens? Mm-hmm. KFC addresses these rumors in a website called Chicken Chatten in a section called Rumors. <laughs> Chicken Chatten. And they're like, let's address these rumors that are going around. It's like, why don't you not address it and just like let it go? Because now you're just reminding people of something they don't want to think well, they about. They got that huge settlement of $91,000. They want the world to know. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. It's not true. Um, but I do have another small rumor about KFC. Give me some more chicken chat. Which was that somebody... <laughs> let's just chicken chat right now, okay? It's just us girls. Um, in 2015, an article in The Independent came out. Uh, it was all over the place, but I got this from The Independent. They covered it. Um, that it says, United Kingdom publication? Yes. So apparently some... Because this happened in... I think... Australia, oh, no, no. The other thing happened in Australia. This happened in America. So in America, a person... Um, bit into a chicken finger or a chicken nuggety thing, a chicken strip, mm-hmm. and it looked exactly like a deep-fried rat. It had, like, a tail. It was the shape of a small rat. And, like, the guy bit into it, and he said it was, like, squishy and chewy. So this article goes on to say, KFC fans rejoice. It turns out that the deep-fried rat that one American man found in his meal last week was actually a piece of chicken. 25-year-old Devoise Dixon from Los Angeles, California, posted a deeply unsettling picture on his Facebook page, which shows a piece of chicken from his KFC meal that looks suspiciously like a breaded, deep-fried rat. Dixon claimed that he took a bite of the suspicious nugget. Why? (laughs) Suspicious nugget also would be, like, a great band name. I don't understand. Why why would you bite it? Also, this looks, looks like a rat. Maybe I should see if it tastes like a rat. People are so lonely and sad. You know what? If it smells like a rat and looks like a rat, it's probably... Probably, probably a deep fried rat. He said it was very hard and rubbery. He thought it was squishy and chewy. Well, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I guess he's having problems identifying what it actually feels like to eat a rat. As I look down at it, he says, I noticed that it was in the shape of a rat with a tail. A DNA DNA test filed and showed the nugget was definitely rodent shape, but it was chicken all along. (laughs) It was actually. DNA tests prove it was rodent shape. It was DNA (laughs) shows. Modern science. This does look like a rat, but it's not. And then, this is quick, but according to the Daily Mail in, two, in 2016, a 30-year-old Australian... Also, sorry. Can no, I just say something? Ahead. Rats are huge, so you can't... Yeah. It, it could have been a mouse. A mouse. It's not, not... Or a baby rat. Baby rats are still too big to fit in a chicken nugget box. That's true. Did you see the video that came out last year at, like, Mark Wahlberg's burger place where there was rats, like, jumping into the deep fryer? No. Yeah. It's horrifying. That is not an urban legend. I saw it with my own ohos. I don't understand why a rat would jump into a burning hot, fiery liquid. It was suicidal. Hmm. Same reason that a spider monkey would hang itself. That's not the same reason. Well, they're both sick of life. <laughs> this cruel, cruel world. Um, 2016, a 30-year-old Australian man bites into a lung at KFC. A chicken lung? A chicken lung. It was really terrible looking. Did they talk about it on Chicken Chatten? Yes, it's widely addressed on Chicken Chatten. And they say it was a lung. No, they didn't talk about it. Oh. They didn't address the real story. They swept it under the it rug. W- they put the lung under the rug. Um, How did he know it was a, what's a lung taste like? I don't or know. what is the texture? It's like, uh, honeycomb-y. 
Like, it just didn't look right. I'll show you a picture after the show. So, but what did he think it was? He thought it was white breast meat. Hmm. He dipped it in his mashed potatoes and gravy, and then (laughs) he realized it was lung. I mean, lung is fine with me. I think, like, it's fine. It just wouldn't be great texturally. I I wouldn't want to eat it, but I'm just saying, like, it being in there doesn't, like, make me think that horrible practice beyond the actual horrible practices that are going totally. on at the chicken farm it could be just an accident yeah an accidental lung i would just be like give me another one mm, give yes. me a, one without lung yeah lung free so then one of the strangest smuggling stories in recent memory was new york times report that's uh of a service using a secret tunnel to deliver kfc from egypt to gaza and it's at, yeah. at the inflated 27 dollars per 12 piece bucket uh, this well-traveled fast food took more than four hours to arrive and the densely po- populated coastal trip home to 1.8 million Palestinians with 31% unemployment where the entry and exit of many goods remain restricted. Since 2013 report, Western fast food franchises have remained unwelcome in the embattled territory. So we don't know if this is true or not. But I I've will... read multiple accounts of I didn't like verify anything, but yeah, it seems I... like it might be true. It seems like it might be true. And I don't know if this is true, but I remember Breton telling me that there's a KFC in the pyramids. Inside? Yeah, like in the, like around the entrance to the pyramids. Okay. In Egypt. Sure. Which that is probably where it's coming from. I just am like, of all the fast food places, I'm not going to pick KFC. No, I, I haven't been to KFC in forever and ever. To go. My parents got it when I was home for Christmas. Was it good? Well, I don't like fried chicken. Oh, well then I guess you didn't like it. Do you have the mashed potatoes? Yeah. Biscuit? Yes. Mac and cheese? I don't think they got that. They have a good mac. I remember from back coleslaw. in the day. Oh. Which is good. I like the Yeah, mac. I like coleslaw It's too. sweet. They put sugar in it, which I'm down with. Uh, KFC Japan plans to unleash the latest wacky fried edible uh, thing for their KFCs, which is deep fried soup. <laughs> what is that? It's a bun- It's like a corn soup that is fried how? very deeply. How? I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I didn't want to look into it too much because I didn't want to ruin the mystery. Huh. Well, yeah. they had deep fried Pepsi at my state fair. How? Well, it was syrup. So oh. it was like viscous enough that you could just like drop it in the fryer and it would come out in like globules. Ooh. Very strange, though. Was it good? I would don't remember. Huh. I would say no. Interesting. Also, why? I don't know. I mean, I guess we've pretty much done everything. All music has been covered. Every kind of movie's (laughs) been made. I guess the only thing we have left to do. Every movie's been made 35 times. Right. The only thing that we have left to do is fry everything. Yeah. Well, that was like in the early 2000s. Fry, Bundy, fry. (laughs) (laughs) I've been really like looking for one of those shirts. Not that I really want it, but I just want to know if they still exist. You know what is it? The Fry, Bundy, Fry shirts. I don't know what that is. Okay. So when Ted Bundy was executed, Mm -hmm. people were like celebrating and camping out and like tailgating outside of the prison where he was uh, electrocuted Mm -hmm. or given the whatever, the electric chair. And they were all wearing Fry, Bundy, Fry t shirts. That's kind of cool. I just want to see if there's still one out there, like a regular vintage one. I don't even know how I feel about it. I feel like celebrating anyone being, oh, I don't know, killed is not great, but. I think it's fine for him. I know. Well, that's a whole nother podcast. We'll address <laughs> that on next week, the Ted Bundy episode. Um, okay. Do you have a legend of your own, an urban legend? Wait, I thought you were going to talk about the, the Christmas time. I forgot to copy it. Oh. I know. I cut you off for no reason. God damn it. I forgot to copy it. Well, apparently it's. Family tradition in Japan to have KFC for Christmas dinner. Yeah. I think it's really cute. It's so cute. I think it started, if I remember correctly, it started in like the mid-70s. Yeah. When they when they brought KFC. Well, the first KFC didn't do very well when when it was in Japan. Okay. So, um, like, people just did, like didn't understand what they were selling and right. they just like wasn't doing very well. And so the guy who was running it 
came up with this idea um, to sort of like sell it to people to make them more interested in it. And so that's why. That's awesome. And I was reading that they do like, they get real fancy with it. Like they get champagne Mm -hmm. and like caviar and stuff and KFC, which I think is so fucking cool. I love it. That's awesome. Do you have a myth of your own? An urban legend, I should say? I'm creating the urban legend that all New York pizza slices are the exact same. Oh, (laughs) that is a good one. They're all coming from like the same distributor. There's just all the same ingredients. Yeah. You know, Papa John says better ingredients, better pizza. I think it's all the same. And a really open-minded spokesman and own and CEO. What a wonderful guy, What really. a wonderful, that Papa John. I wish he was my papa. <laughs> yeah. I need a new papa, Papa John. Then you would have been raised in Louisville. <laughs> well, um, mine is that oat milk is squirrel semen. That's true, though. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> my myth is that oat milk is pigeon semen. It's both. Damn it. Mixed together. God damn it. I can't even make up a good legend. <laughs> what is your uh, top three favorite urban legends? Well, the ones that I believed in were the vodka tampons. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I've been living my life a, a lie. <laughs> my whole life. With vodka tampons shoved up you? Vodka tampons. I believed in the Tootsie Roll scandal. Uh-huh. <laughs> Big Tootsie Roll. Just get one over on the little guy. Um, And I thought that Twinkies would maybe last for a really long time. A hundred. Me too. Like, 25 days does not seem like... It seems very short. I almost think that that's an urban legend. We should do a test. Yeah. I can't imagine. I don't... That just doesn't sound right to me. I know. I'm thinking, like, out of the package. How could they be so fresh? If they're that fresh, we need to... Maybe we should revisit them. I mean, they're fresh when they bake them. (coughs) Oh, no. Coronavirus. They bake them. They, you know, they they make them like donuts. Hmm. Well. But they don't fry them. They bake them. Big Twinkie, please call us. Um, my three are that gum lasts in your stomach forever, because <laughs> I like the thought of that. And if I've ever thought, like, oh, gosh, I feel like I wish I could just, like, lose some weight or I've been gaining some a couple pounds, I'm like, I just ate that. I swallowed that gum when I was nine. That's it. It's not that I need to change my lifestyle. I just need to wait for this gum to pass. <laughs> this gum shall pass. <laughs> <laughs> or, wait, you shall not pass. That's from Lord of the Rings. None shall pass. <laughs> My number two is the Pop Rocks and Coke. Yeah. Because I think that's, like, amazing, and it really scared me as a child. <laughs> I don't... I never believed it. I was jaded. I totally believed it, but my, I think my sister and I tried it. My stepsister and I tried it, and we both lived. Mm. Actually, she died. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and my number one we did not discuss, but this is a great urban legend. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Oh. I don't know if that's an urban legend. Well... I guess that's true. It's kind of on the fringe of legend or just, like, folklore, really. Well, Benjamin Franklin said that in his almanac. Well, he's a, he's a liar. <laughs> that's not possible. Guys, has anyone out there eaten an apple a day and not ever gotten sick? Hello? Hello? Mom? <laughs> um, maybe he was talking, but like maybe he had, like, a doctor who was, like, allergic to apples who was pestering him. And he's like, listen, if you want that doctor, stay off your goddamn back. Can I, I think bunch he's apples like, with you? eat some vegetables and fruits, you freaking colonial Americans. Right. He was None talk- of us have teeth. He was talking to Taft. <laughs> He's like, if you would just stop eating so much possum meat. Also, eating an apple with wooden teeth sounds like a nightmare. Wooden teeth sounds like a nightmare. Actually, I listened to some podcast and apparently wooden teeth was actually not a real thing. Oh, so that's in itself an urban legend. That is an urban legend, yes. Oh my god. Well, wooden teeth, like one of the, I'm very sensitive to like texture and stuff. Not in my mouth so much, but on my hands. I don't like touching, touching like, wet terracotta. I don't like touching suede. I don't like thinking about having, like, paper in my mouth. Like, ugh. 
That reminds me of another urban legend that I didn't bring up, which what? is that you could eat the gum wrappers of some gum. Oh, yeah. That? Trident. The Trident. It just one. made your gum fall apart. Yeah. Um, but Fruit Stripes gum yeah. actually made edible wrappers, which I really? I ate them. I also, I yeah, I always ate them. And you could, they had like right. the papery thin see-through wrappers. I love Fruit Stripes gum. Yikes it Stripes. It its flavors. But it was so good while yeah. it lasted. Yikes Stripes, Fruit Stripes gum. gum. It's still around. Do you remember bubble tape? It's six feet of bubble gum yeah. for you, not them. We would try, we would, my stepsister and I used to try to put the whole six feet in our mouths at once. <laughs> bubble tape is also kind of gritty. Yeah, it's disgusting. You can't use it as real tape either, which is problematic. <laughs> but you could use it as a measuring tape. Yeah, you totally can. <laughs> or boob tape. Um, <laughs> this was a very fun episode. I learned so much. So much. I really did. We busted some myths. We. Pff, Maybe we should change this name of the show to Mythbusters. That just, hasn't been done before. This episode could be called that. Okay. That's good. That's a fair compromise. <laughs> Let's not go crazy. Okay, cool. Um, very, I fear your change. Fa- <laughs> very nice to see you. As always. Your smiling face. It's nice to see me, I think. <laughs> Nicole's just sitting with a mirror in front of her in the I studio. I look fantastic. <laughs> she doesn't even look at me. She just looks at her damn self. <laughs> I have to see what my face is doing during the speaking portion <laughs> of the podcast. We should just like replicate each other's facial movements and try to talk at the same time. You're not doing anything. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> my bangs are mine bangs. <laughs> uh, cut that part out, Amanda. That wasn't very funny. <laughs> oh, God. All right. We're going to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Peace forever. Hasta la creepypasta. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening. <laughs>